Hello and welcome to You Wear It Well. You wear it well. Perfect, beautiful. This is episode 001. I'm Sophie Chirara, features editor of Wearable, and I'm joined by Michael Saw. Hello. And Connor Allison. Hello. Mike is editor, I should say, and Connor is reporter. So Eve is a big tech expo. It happens on the first week of September in Berlin. It was a pretty quiet summer, I'd say, mm. and then it got very busy. We were working till half ten, <laughs> sometimes, and very yeah, late. Very, yes. late. very late, and there was a lot going on. So, how was your Eve, Mike? It was good. It's the, the the my kind of show where it's a short but sweet kind of visit, um, and thankfully there was uh, a lot to talk about, a lot announced, and uh, from some of the big companies, and uh, some kind of little smaller products that kind of I think will take people by surprise but yeah I thought it was a good show. Connor how was your first EFA? Uh Yeah it was good I enjoyed it it was different to what I'm used to it's the first big kind of trade show I've done so it was a bit of a whirlwind um, but in the same way it's kind of nice to feel that pressure and you've got a lot of stuff going on so I, yeah it was fun it was a lot of cool stuff that we saw. So before EFA, Fitbit decided to announce its smartwatch the Ionic. So it does all the usual Fitbit stuff. It does steps, sleep, heart rate, has a new Fitbit OS. It can run apps. It does NFC payments. Mike, are we impressed? What do we think? Uh, it's, it's a little, I think it's a little bit kind of, you know, we expected a lot of that. A lot of the kind of partnerships and buyouts and that Fitbit have done over the last couple of years have kind of alluded to this, this kind of device. I think the leaks that had come out months ahead kind of pointed to a, a device that looked like the Fitbit Blaze and that's kind of what we've got. Now, I've seen it. Um, I probably am kind of not in consensus with uh, other people in the wearable team. I think it's okay. I would. Ex- I was expecting something a bit more special, but... James said the design is divisive. Yeah. Mm. Um, what do you think? I'd agree with that. I think some people are going to hate it, are going to expect, probably going to look at it against the Apple Watch and what Samsung are doing. And think well, they probably could have done more, but oh, I don't know. I I think I think I think uh, fitness and kind of Fitbit fans are gonna probably like it, but smartwatch fans, they with kind of big fashion brands involved, they might think well, they could have done more. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I'd like to see more apps. So there's Starbucks, Strava, AccuWeather, Pandora. I don't understand why. They couldn't get Spotify when Samsung could get Spotify. Yeah, so this, I mean, I think this is the interesting thing. So I think, you know, if you followed the Fitbit story and the kind of rumours and leaks that kind of built up to the look to the announcement, there was suggestions that it was talks with Spotify. James Park kind of confirmed that to us. Uh, but for whatever reason, that's broken down. So great if you're in, the, in America and you're in the US and you can access Pandora, but... I mean, for the rest of us, we don't really know what's happening yet and Fitbit don't know yet. They're still doing those deals and having those discussions. So that for me is a, is a kind of big big issue. Whether you know, It's a big feature. Can they solve it for everyone else? I hope they can before it launches uh, in a month's time. So Yeah, it launches in October. It's $300 and I think £300, is that right? It is right, straightforward yeah. conversion. Yeah. So yeah, quite expensive, but that's in line with the Apple Watch. And I think... It'll all be to do with the testing as well. You know, this is a smartwatch, but it has fitness features. It has GPS, it has heart rate. So Fitbit has to deliver on that. Yeah, and ult- yeah, ultimately, that's what they're good at. That's what they've... I mean, you know, there's obviously been the question marks over the heart rate kind of 
reliability, but it's not just Fitbit. And we hope that that's kind of been kind of rectified. And there's a kind of interesting kind of future proofing uh, features that Fitbit are looking at as well, the kind of measuring kind of blood oxygenation. So, you know, there's stuff to come down the line. Let's just hope they deliver as much as they can, you know, when it does turn up. Connor? Yeah, I think I mean, me and Mike both saw, just going back to the design, I think what Fitbit's been good at doing is kind of offering different straps and things like that for people. So I think, you know, initially it is, it's obviously going to be a sporty device. We've seen that from the straps that are out now, but maybe it, it does end up becoming geared towards, you know, kind of more people in the same way the Apple Watch has. Um, you know, it's got leather straps, all that kind of things, I think. Will help it eventually. It's just mm. when we see all that kind of come in. Fitbit's gone after fashion before with the old yeah, HR exactly. has a bunch of designer collaborations. Yeah. So. And we should mention that obviously that Fitbit have also are doing a kind of collaboration with Adidas, which is yeah. very similar to what Nike are doing with an Apple are doing with Nike. Um, they'll be throwing on a bit of kind of software, but ultimately it's kind of a, a lick of paint. And that you know that could open it up to 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 other people to buy it and be interested in it and. I didn't I hear about this, so this is like an Adidas version. Yeah, so okay. Fitbit are not talking about too many details, but you know there'll be some kind of customized kind of workout software on the device. Uh, the strap will kind of have that kind of Adidas kind of flavor on it. Mm. So yeah, it's I mean, and that's not coming until 2018. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are going to be other models and other versions, a bit like what Apple have done. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about Samsung. That's enough about Fitbit. Samsung's more iterative, I'd say, than what Fitbit is doing. Yeah. Samsung yeah. has a new Gear Sport, which is replacing the Gear S3, a Gear Fit 2 Pro tracker, replacing the Gear Fit 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the Gear Icon X 2018 smart earbuds, which are replacing the Gear Icon X. So I had a quick look at the Gear Sport. I like the design. It looks a bit more wearable, less bulky. Mm more like the Gear S2, which we like. Um, Mike, do you want to talk us through the fitness stuff? Yeah, so I think I think the main thing to kind of take from this announcement is that Samsung are introducing swim tracking, which obviously Apple did with the Apple Watch Series 2. So we'll have kind of, it'll obviously have a waterproof design. The swim tracking will be kind of powered by a partnership with Speedo. So you'll have their Speedo on app, which will be able to kind of taking your data and I think you know aside from that it's kind of features that are kind of built on from what we've seen in the Gear S3 but I think for me the big thing and the big change here is the fact that they've gone back down to a smaller size uh, yeah, device which is kind of one of our was one of our biggest criticisms with the Gear S3 in the Frontier and the Classic that it the features are great and Samsung have been great in kind of what they're doing on that sports tracking side but it just felt too bulky and I definitely think it's a positive move that they've managed to put that technology into a device that's closer in kind of stature to the Gear S2. I do think that offline Spotify syncing, even though it is very similar to what other watches do, I do think that's kind of the kind of thing that would make someone buy it if they were looking at rivals, do you think? Yeah, I think, well, because, I mean, you, you do have that to an element with, with Apple and their iTunes kind of yeah. support. Um, but ultimately, so many people who Spotify it this is a feature that pretty much everyone would probably want on their smartwatch and Samsung have been able to make this happen. So I think, you know, if they're going to, they want to sell this, that is, a, that is a feature that they want to get out and let people know about. And I mean, I think it's a great, I you know, I wish the, the Apple Watch had it, but yeah, I mean, Samsung have got their first and hopefully, hopefully others will follow. 
Yeah, the other partnership is with Endermondo and MyFitnessPal. And in the talk, they were talking about doing kind of calorie input. So yeah. when you eat a meal, you can really quickly manually input it. And I, mm. I think that syncs up with MyFitnessPal, which again, lots of people yeah. use. So it seems like they're really looking at what apps people use and then kind of making sure they've got those on their flagship wearable. Yeah, so it's obviously uh, something they've kind of built this relationship with Under Armour and Under Under Armour's kind of software division is kind of Endermondo and Record and MyFitnessPal. So it makes sense that those two will work together and hopefully improve one of the, we'd probably say here at Wearable is one of the biggest kind of criticisms of, wear, of kind of wearable tech and fitness trackers is trying to get a hold of what you're eating and a better yeah. kind of monitoring kind of lots of people think when yeah. you talk about a device doing calories they think it does both they think yeah, it does yeah. how many calories you're expending and how many you're eating yeah cool well that's due in october i don't think we have a price yet no. we quickly talk about gear icon x it adds uh, bixby voice assistant it has some very basic coaching for running it wasn't quite enough for james when he was asking them about <laughs> what it does there's no stride length or something like that has improved battery life. And then there's the Gear Fit 2 Pro, which is, again, quite similar to the last one, adds the swim tracking, I think. Yeah, so Spotify. I, yeah, so I think it's 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 Samsung, what Samsung have kind of tried to do with these two devices is kind of ha- give the same experience, but in a different kind of different form factor. And that's kind of what they've done. The Fit 2, definitely a massive improvement on the first Gear Fit. And what Samsung have been really good about in supporting that is rolling out software updates that are adding new features so hopefully it'll do the same thing with the fit to pro and it will continue to get new features that's due in mid-september again no price yet how much was the last one i mean it's under it's under 200 pounds you know it's, okay. it's, it's there to kind of compete with a fitbit charge too and yeah. uh, in a lot of ways it will and probably that that waterproofing is probably gonna may sway a few to to go for it over the over Fitbit's uh, device. Okay, more more wearables, more fitness wearables. Garmin. <laughs> we have the Garmin Vivo Sport, Garmin Vivo Active Three, and my fave, the Garmin Vivo Move HR. So I'll quickly talk about the Vivo Move HR because I love it. So this is it. Just it's just an activity tracker. I think it doesn't do sleep, does it? And does sleep. I it mean, does it, sleep. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, it's, it's, so it does yeah. activity and sleep. It doesn't yeah. do notifications. Um, the reason I think it should do notifications is it's a great hidden screen, yeah. which only appears when you tap it, and that can show you things like heart rate, steps, stress levels, I believe, yeah. things like that. And then it just disappears when you're not using it, and it looks like a regular traditional watch. Uh, so I, I think this is a pretty big breakthrough. I've been asking for it for at least a year, two years, probably. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I would. I think it'd be great if it had notifications. Like, just put notifications on there. Battery life would suffer. Maybe do two models, yeah. one with, one without. But I think this could sell a lot to women. What's the Vivo Sport? Well, I think Connor can. Yeah, uh, I had, so <laughs> I had a look. I had a look at the Vivo Sport. It's it's one of those. It's hard. It's it's hard to get too excited about it. There's not a lot different here. It's you know, for all intents and purposes, it is is pretty similar to the uh, the Vivo Smart Three. Is it that you test? Yeah, so very similar to that. It's but, ba- yeah. the, the main difference here is just it, it has a screen now instead of it kind of being embedded into the strap. And I think you said when you tested the Vivo Smart 3, it's quite strange, isn't it? Like, and you're saying when it's raining or like you've, you say you're running, you've got like a sweaty hand or something like that. It's quite hard to, yeah, to use so it. Yeah, I think, so I think the big deal here is that this is, the, you know, our concern when the Vivo Smart 3 was announced so, yeah. was that it was 
the successes of the Vivo Smart HR Plus, and we should probably add that that was our fitness tracker of the year. Mm. Um, and the key thing was it did have GPS built in. There's not many fitness trackers that do offer that. And now in this device, that's what Garmin are kind of bringing back. And I think a lot of people wanted that. So I think that's, I mean, that's the key thing really here. It was it was always a strange move not to include GPS on the on the predecessor here, but yeah. it's it, now that it's back, it just again it's the design and everything. It's fine to sit back with a screen, but that you know, at the end of the day, that is the big thing that will keep keep people there, won't it? So yeah, it's yeah, the GPS is back. Don't really know why it ever left, but yeah, that's the Vivo Sport. <laughs> There's uh, some fancy new colours evolved as well, kind of a fuchsia cool. underside, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Vivo Active Three. Yeah, so this there? is so this is um, Garmin smartwatch. So I mean, obviously, if you're familiar with Garmin, they obviously they had the Vivo Active, the Vivo Active HR, and this is the next one along. Um, the big change here really is the design. I mean, the first two were well, very ugly, very much kind of sporty. This is the one that kind of like textured and like looked really well, strange. kind of blocky yeah, kind yeah, of um, you know Garmin have worked their way into realising well we need to make I think our, our wearables look a lot nicer and with the Vivo Active 3 that's what you get it's kind of you get your circular display now it's slimmer it's smaller um, you still get all those kind of features that you get for Vivo Active HR the big the big news is obviously Garmin Pay which Obviously, uh, what Fitbit are offering a payment system, Apple are. So, you know, you go out for your run, you know, you don't take any money out with you, grab a bottle of water. I mean, it's it's not groundbreaking, but I imagine for Gar- people who use Garmin, that's a big deal. And I, I mean, I hope that that's something that they can kind of broaden out to the rest of the range. But, you know, obviously the tech's going to have to change. You're going to have to have the NFC and stuff. But I hope this is the first of many devices that kind of offers Garmin Pay. I'm sure it will be. Mm. And when are those due? When's all this new Garmin stuff So due? I think all these Garmin's will start rolling out before the end of the year, so the, the coming months. And uh, pricing is kind of very much similar to what the, the previous models were. So yeah, they get, the Vivo Active 3 is going to be going up against the Apple Watch and the Samsung Gear Sport. Vivo Sport will be up against the kind of closest fitness trackers. And the Vivo Move HR will be very similar price to the Vivo Move. And I think, yeah, like I agree with Sophie that that's for me is the most exciting of the of the trio of announcements. And they didn't really put that much emphasis on well, it. Well, no, I mean, that, that, that was the other thing. I mean, obviously me, myself and Connor were crammed, huddled into this small booth of an area and uh, the CEO of Garmin was there. And they, I think I feel like they kind of glanced over the, the VMAT HR and to be honest, I think it, it po- possibly offered the most kind of unique, interesting kind of feature that they have announced and un- unveiled at IFA. So yeah, I, I definitely think it deserved a bit more love. And I think, um, we, I think we can agree we're very much looking forward to kind of getting it in and kind of living with it for a bit longer one thing is just to add to the kind of Vivo Active stuff it, when we were having to play around with it it was the, the side the side scroll it's called like yeah. on the we, to move I mean that that's something that you know we always, we've talked about like the rotating bezel on Samsung devices it's just it's a nice way of getting around the device that you know we haven't really seen yeah to, you know, from other brands before so i think that was and also the ambidextrous stuff with the crown yeah i mean it's a, that's the other thing i think garmin are, are really are really thinking about how wearables have to be a user being used by people and this ambidextrous design is basically a case of you have the, the physical button on whatever side of the watch yeah. you want and it's a little thing but for i think a lot of people that that would make a difference yeah and you a, choose that when you're buying it 
Yeah, yeah, switch around. I so, I mean, it's, it's a small thing, but I think, you know, going very good at kind of just little details. Those little details, yeah. and I think, yeah, it'll definitely make a difference. Cool. All right. Um, let's put fitness to one side. The other big thing we saw was the Asus uh, mixed reality headset. Mm. Actually, James saw the Lenovo Explorer, I think it's called. Yeah. Mm. Hugh's already seen the Dell. We've seen the Acer. So seen it, we've seen them all. We've seen them all. We've seen them all. <laughs> but coming. no <laughs> one person has actually used more than one. <laughs> so no. they're called mixed reality, but they're actually just VR. But they've got some cameras on the front. So the potential's there for, for kind of more holographic mixed reality stuff in future. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'd just like to know that Asus were off campus for this. We were having a, having a tough time <laughs> at the... Uh, kind of still sore. Um, so yeah, we went across went across Berlin to t- to test it. I was actually surprised. I mean, it was the headset itself is lovely to look at if that's the kind of thing that you're interested in. I mean, it's probably I think we could all probably agree it's like the nicest looking headset. Yeah, and future sexy. Future sexy is what we what we called it in the review this week. But it's going to catch on. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if future sexy <laughs> catches on. What, what I would say, I mean, the, the demo. There's a re- so Asus told us that this is now not going to launch until Q1 of next year. So uh, you can see why. So when I had the demo, there's a few video run-throughs that were quite jittery. Um, the game I did play, Space Space Pirates, um, there were some nice touches in there. I, I enjoyed it. You, you're moving the control to the back to change weapon. You know, the, he- the head tracking I found was really solid. You know, obviously the inside-out stuff. And did you use the two mixed rally controllers? I did, yeah. The Vive ones? Yeah. Um, and you know they they were responsive. That all worked well. The game itself was fine, but at the same time, you've got to bear in mind that's cherry picked because obviously they know there's no software jitters in that. But in video and then in the kind of dashboards, it's kind of like a strange villa. I was w- wandering around in the dashboard, couldn't really pick anything up in there. So again, certain things with the controllers need to be ironed out. But yeah, generally it, it was a good experience. But you can see why it's not launching you know, before Christmas and alongside the other yeah. Windows mixed reality but, stuff. But the other ones will come sooner, so we should have a yeah. review pretty soon. Obviously, yeah. we have to ask the really important question, did you get top score? Well, <laughs> I th- this is interesting. I thought I got the top score. Um, the ASUS person on the, giving me the demo, actually said, you know, I got quite excited. I got quite excited. The person said uh, it was all rigged. So I, it, <laughs> it only, showed, uh, only showed my score. And I thought... Top score of one. Well, yeah, but they had like loads of fake scores underneath mine. It was dis- oh wow! And I walked away disappointed, but they really want those positive hands-on. I'll return. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's mixed reality. We'll talk about that more when we get them in for review and actually see what they can do. So, what else happened at Efa? Any other highlights? I mean, fossil. We should probably talk. We about. should probably talk about fossil. <laughs> I mean, fossil had a lot of stuff. So me and Connor went to the fossil stand. The thing about fossil is nothing was new. You had great fun at the fossil. We stand, were there right? for a long time. We <laughs> I were feel there for like a long time. I feel like I lived at fossil for. A we day. were there for about two hours. So fossil had fossil. a bunch of Android Wear watches. Fossil Group, this is so mm. Diesel, Emporio Armani, Fossil itself, Michael Kors. It was a Misfit Hybrid, the Misfit Command, which we hadn't seen before, and then a whole bunch of hybrids from you know the same brands, Michael Kors, Fossil, as well as like DKNY, Marc Jacobs. Who else was there? Uh, it's. It's I so say, who else was there? It's an army, isn't yeah, it? Of, of watches. It's a lot of designers. Fossil Kate army. Spade. How could I forget Kate Spade? That's my like fave. <laughs> so yeah, the Emporio Armani looked very nice, very like kind of businessman like. Yeah. Diesel on full guard was a bit cooler. 
Yeah, it was. I tr- yeah, the, on the wrist itself, I, I felt that was a nice. Like, it was a nice. I was quite surprised because I think we would associate diesel with kind of bulky, maybe a bit. It was a big watch, and it, and it was. But it, it pulled it off. But like, yeah, it it still it didn't feel like something that would put off people. I don't think. Um, the Armani watches were, like, I think obviously the smartest looking watches, which is what you would expect, um, and like a lot of different straps, a lot of different styles, which was nice to see. Um, Michael Kors had a very nice women's watch called the Access Sophie, mm. which um, is a bit blingy. Named after our yeah, Sophie, of course. Named after me, but spelt wrong, so <laughs> sort that out before it launches. Um, and it had kind of parve, kind of um, kind of bling around the bezel. It had very nice kind of metal straps. And I'm not that kind of blingy person, mm. but I think this is going to sell really well. It's like kind of a dressy women's watch. But I mean, we, we, you talked a lot about design, but what about, I mean, they're all Android wear. So, I mean, are we get are you getting a f- sense of what the experience, are the different experiences between the watches, what what's happening there? So they were in like a demo mode, weren't they? So we didn't actually get to see anything outside of watch faces, that kind of thing. But what I think we probably both picked up was the, and we, we haven't had like screen resolution stuff from Fossil. They've been pretty quiet, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, Fossil aren't big on the, the tech side. On the tech side, no, but they did look really beautiful to look at. Like these, it's not, you know. There is some extra stuff. Like Diesel has this T O N I extra app. Mm. And it does things like when you're inactive, it fogs up the screen. And so little quirky things like that. Michael Kors has one where you can set the watch face to be your Instagram or Facebook profile pic as well as very nice Michael Kors kind of custom watch faces. Yeah. That kind of goes as standard. But the Misfit Vapor was another one we saw, which is, again, there's been so many changes to that. No GPS anymore, no sleep tracking. We originally was a Misfit OS, and now it's Android Wear. So across the line, the real differences are the design and these extra watch faces. Other than that, these are kind of identical smartwatches. But if you're walking into a Fossil shop or a Michael Kors shop, you don't necessarily know that. No. You're like, oh, wow, you know, this brand has done this line of gorgeous smartwatches, you know, and then you can learn what Android Wear does after that. So they're all coming, I think, end of September, mid-September for Emperor Armani, end of September for the rest. Misfit Vapor is October. What about My Kronos? Connor went to see My Kronos. So I saw, yeah, My Kronos, so it's, this is a crowdfunding project. It's the most successful, I think, crowdfunding project. That, European. From, 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 yeah. from Europe, yeah, yeah, yeah I think from it raised... Six million, I think it was okay. in the end. Um, Six million what? Dollars, <laughs> dollars, even though it's European. Let's assume dollars. Um, but I think that the, so the big kind of pull with Micronos was it has the hands over the, over you know the touchscreen face. Um, now I think it's what is one of those things that it definitely divides in the wearable office. But when I went to see it, it was or I don't like it. Ba- basically, Mike <laughs> doesn't really like it, which is um, okay. But it's. I find it to be okay. The only thing I would say about it is the the touchscreen itself. Everything works fine. I quite like the way the hands move as you get a notification. I'd like that's a cool idea. Nobody else is doing that. Garmin's doing that as well. But with the hands? Yeah. So the hands yeah. move when you tap. The You've got nothing, Micronos. It's, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> but Garmin doesn't do notifications. No. So, so and and the touchscreen itself was. It wasn't as responsive as I think when you you've, you know you're with so many watches and you get used to quite you know high standards. Obviously, a startup it's different. Um, that wasn't as responsive as you know you're probably going to get from other watches. But then you've also got to bear in mind this is two hundred dollars, so it is in a different range to you know something like the Apple Watch, of course, and you know, other high tiers. Um, but no, generally I thought it was it's just, I like the idea of it, and there's a lot of customization going on. 
but yeah, the day I think it's all about just having the best of both worlds for that, and it does deliver. It's just whether that screen is something that you know can be backed up. I guess I'm still out. Mike, Mike does not <laughs> like Microsoft. Okay, <laughs> wrapping up. Uh, Sony had a Google Assistant smart speaker. Everyone had smart speakers. Everyone had smart speakers. <laughs> Panasonic had one. Harman mm, had three. Harman, sorry, I forgot Harman. Yeah. Harman and JBL had a few. Yeah. So some of those were running Alexa, some of those were running Google Cort- Assistant. Cortana as well. Cortana yeah. as well. So that's connected self. I know it's not wearable tech. And then uh, James isn't here. I wish he was to talk about Lenovo's Jedi challenges. Oh, and how he would love to talk about us. It's, it's, been, it's been the talk of the wearable office Real all Jedi. Week. So this is an AR headset which uses your smartphone from Lenovo. It's called the Mirage. And they've teamed up with Disney. There's a lightsaber accessory. It looks awesome. I really want one. <laughs> and I think it's coming out just in time for Christmas. So lots of people will buy that. Anything else from Aoife? Uh, I think that uh, only one smaller kind of story for me, but uh, Polar have kind of quietly, quietly announced a new heart rate monitor, which might not be, sound the most exciting, but they've gone for uh, a heart rate monitor that kind of... What, sits on your arms it's an armband essentially now it's not the first time somebody's done this people will be familiar with the industry and heart rate monitoring know that there's a company called Scotia who've done this but it's the first time a, a, a kind of big sports company has decided to do this it's kind of kind of re- reasonably priced um, it should hope be more accurate than their kind of wrist based stuff and be close to a chest strap um, my only disappointment is that unlike their kind of chest straps it's not waterproof it can't transmit the data, and it. W- I think it would have been. I think swimmers would have loved it if it if it could track heart rate for swimming. Because I hate wearing the chest strap, and it's a shame it doesn't do that. And maybe they can actually add that in the future. But it's a yeah, like I said, it's a smaller announcement. But I think it's quite an important one, and you might see other companies following suit and doing that as well because of the question marks over the kind of risk based heart rate monitoring. So I think that's that's definitely a big deal. Cool, I've just remembered one other thing is that Braggy is putting Alexa into its smart earbuds. So I think that's coming next month. If not next month, then very soon. So that's pretty exciting. I had a nice chat with them about AI assistance. So we see Samsung doing its Bixby smart earbud, but, you know, Braggy, which is a much smaller company, is, is, you know, right on time with that. Okay, let's stop talking about Aoife. (laughs) Apple have an event on the 12th of September. And we're expecting to see an Apple Watch Series 3 with LTE. We're kind of expecting to see AirPods 2 with perhaps with health and fitness tracking, although that might be a bit of wishful thinking on our part. So yeah. so is that it? Is that all we're expecting? Obviously an iPhone? I think Mike mentioned it earlier this week, but I think the thing with the AirPods is they were delayed you know, when they first came out. So if, whether Apple gives them some time to breathe before you know, potentially announce them next year then we'll see but I think I think yeah I, I agree I think that maybe it's a bit early for that it does feel like it's only been out for a short period of time and we know Apple has this cycle but I think we might be waiting one more cycle before we start to get something maybe a bit smarter mm-hmm. um, and kind of those maybe those fitness tracking features maybe we see something more in the assistant kind of arena but I think it might be early but I think I think the Apple Watch the new Apple Watch whatever that's called uh, it's very likely we'll see that um, and yeah it sounds like LTE will be the killer feature but is it a killer feature I don't I don't know I mean that's very much up for debate Fitbit, I think it, yeah. it's a feature that will allow it to sell a lot more watches yeah <laughs> perhaps if you bought the first one 
you might think now's the time to upgrade. Yeah. It, or the networks will love it because they'll be able to make more money. Mm. Um, I actually don't think everyone needs a standalone smartwatch. Uh, I don't I, know what you think. I, I know we've talked about it as well, Sophie, mm. but you know, it feels like a bit of an arms race just in terms of just adding these features. Not necessarily for the sake of it, but it, as you say, it's not entirely you know, a must-have feature. You know, I don't think a lot of... I think people with the Apple Watch Series 2 you know, might not be looking at the Series 3 if that's what it ends up being called and being like, oh, I need to upgrade. I, you know, I don't see that. But yeah, we'll see when Apple, what Tim Cook reveals on stage. But That's not all, though. So in our wonderful investigation piece, yeah. mm. we've talked about that we'll probably see battery improvements we might see new screen tech, a slimmer build, new health features. We've already seen watchOS 4, so yeah. that has some nice kind of health and fitness features in as well. Yeah, I mean, I think some of that stuff is kind of expected. You know, this is Apple. It's, an, it's, an, it's the next iteration. It's going to be slimmer, lighter. Hopefully the battery, I mean, if they could get anywhere near to what Fitbit are claiming with their four to five days and their, their ridiculously bright screen, then, I mean, that would be fantastic. I have my doubts whether that's going to happen. Um, but I just kind of to go back to the LTE quickly but I mean it's something that James Park actually came out and said we not, we're not including it because we don't really see the use of it but I think what will happen is we'll see LTE but we'll see it in and Apple will use it in a way that actually probably might take us by surprise and not the way we think they're going to obviously use it and I, I do think it would be a big feature it would just be how they will sell that feature and how they will use it as part of their, their part of their watch. So Interesting. So it's also too soon for any kind of Apple AR glasses, which, again, we've been talking about a lot, but it's, it's way too soon. It'll be next year. Who's going to wear them? <laughs> I'll wear them. You're, you're going to wear them, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could see some more AR kit demos, though. We could also see HomePod kind of maybe more features or maybe a firm release date because that's due in December. I mean, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the AR kit, I mean, like I say, we're probably a few years away from the, gl- the glasses, but some of the demos that are coming out from the developers, I mean, I mean I'm sure you guys like, but I kind of blow my mind in terms of what has already been achieved. And I know AR has been around for a while, but developers have just got hold of it and are just coming out with kind of the craziest stuff. Um, yeah, and with Google doing the same thing now, it is all just kind of feels like it's now that the big players are involved it does feel like it's one of those things that's about to finally kind of ramp up um so yeah not this year but next year give it to us next year next year or 2019 yeah (laughs) 2019 more likely okay all right to wrap up we have hugh langley talking to fitbit ceo james park about the fitbit ionic smartwatch so this you consider this as you know your moment although you had the blaze you consider this your moment entering the smartwatch game i mean why now? What changed to make you uh, enter here? Yeah, so with Blaze, I think, you know, we're pretty careful to convey to the market that it wasn't a smartwatch. Um, but with Ionic, um, you know, it really is our first true smartwatch. And the reason for us being so emphatic about it is that, um, you know, we realized when we started developing the product that um, the smartwatch form factor was uh, the ideal platform for a lot of the things that we wanted to do on the health side. So because of the larger form factor, it allows us to put in more sensors, a bigger battery, richer display and graphics. Mm. And we felt all those things had to be there for next generation health and fitness device um, and for us to deliver all that with great battery life. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's actually more 
uh, functionality driven rather than the fact that hey look this is an interesting category let's let's go mm -hmm. into it mm -hmm. speaking of that the new sensors uh, one of the exciting things I think we, we, you know for us is that you're you know bringing in the new sensors that let you do the SPO2 um, can you just explain a bit more about how that's gonna change the experience for people on a sort of day-to-day -day basis using this yeah it's it's actually gonna be a little bit more subtle and invisible um, so you know as you saw in the presentation we've uh, Pure Pulse has been updated to include three wavelengths of light, red, uh, uh, green, which is the original wavelength, then red and infrared. Mm. And so, uh, you know, the red and infrared will allow us to detect relative changes in your blood oxygen level mm. and allow us to detect sleep apnea. But that's something that's going to be uh, potentially presented to the user as more of an alert or notification mm. rather than something that's, you know, present for them every day. So mm. it's almost like a check engine light mm. for your body where you know, there's a lot of lights on your car dashboard mm. that are not on and you hope never come on. But that doesn't mean that all the sensors in your car aren't working monitoring your car 24-7. That's the same thing with the blood oxygen sensor on Ionic. It's going to be constantly working in the, in the background, detecting if something adverse has happened uh, in your blood oxygen levels. And will those sleep apnea, uh, will that sleep apnea detection happen from, from launch or is that something you're looking for? Uh, it's going to happen um, uh, sometime after launch, but the sensors will be active in gathering data. Mm. So we'll launch it and then it will be continuously gathering data and that'll help us improve the algorithms as mm -hmm. well over time. And the red and infrared is obviously used by like, you know, very hardcore medical equipment and hospitals and stuff. So will, will that improve the heart rate accuracy here? Uh, that's not something I can comment on today. I mean, uh, but definitely, you know, with the additional wavelengths, we are taking, as you said, medical grade technology, which typically found in pulse oximeters, mm -hmm. which do track heart rate in hospitals. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, more news to come on how red and infrared can, can help other metrics. Okay. Um, and you've talked about the high, higher um, interval levels, uh, workout um, improvements there. Are we going to see uh, improvements in the um, heart rate detection, uh, high, high interval training? Uh, yeah, so I think one of the questions you can ask uh, Dr. Shel uh, Dr. Shelton Yuan is, yes, we've made a lot of improvements in our heart rate algorithm across a wide range of activities. I think one of the biggest improvements we've made is actually, I think, in cycling mm. as well. A pretty dramatic increase in the accuracy of, of the beats per minute. Mm. So yes, uh, one of the exciting things is users can definitely expect to see an increase uh, in their um, heart rate performance mm -hmm. from the device. Okay. Um, in terms of the, the Fitbit Coach, I think is one of the exciting new new features here. Um, it's it's meant to be dynamic. I know you said um, how much feedback is required from the user on that, um, mm -hmm. if any. Uh, how how is that uh, experience going to be? Yeah. So uh, one of the cool things is that when it launches, we'll be looking at your past history to recommend different types of workouts for you. So. Um, you know, there's a lot of audio coaching apps uh, in the app store today, but a lot of them just require you to like manually figure out, should I be doing an easy workout or a hard workout, et cetera. We'll actually be looking at your data to make those recommendations. Okay. Um, and with the um, partner apps you've got in there, um, obviously you've gone uh, Pandora. I mean, in terms of the music, can we expect others like Spotify? Are, are they involved? Have you been talking to them? There were some stories that you, you were, I don't know. Yeah, so, you know, the music industry, as you know, it's, it's pretty complicated. There's a lot of different relationships, not only from the streaming provider, but with um, the music labels themselves. So we're in a lot of discussions uh, with different players in the industry trying to bring uh, other other music systems mm. on board. What will this be for Europe, though? Because obviously, I don't think they have, I don't think they still have Pandora there. What yeah, that's, uh, Europe will have a different solution. That's to be revealed later. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, but Pandora is going to be available globally as well. But obviously, 
um, different regions have different uh, you know, degrees of popularity in different music services, and we want to be comprehensive for them. Oh, I see. So will people in Europe be able to use Pandora? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they will okay. be. They will be able to use Pandora. It's okay. just not as popular as maybe you know, other things, uh, other services out mm. there. But globally, it, it should be not in all countries, but a lot of countries mm. around, the, around the world. Uh, you still have quite a small selection of, of apps. We've got Strava, um, Starbucks, um, AccuWeather, uh, and yeah. then of course Pandora. Uh, will we see any more at launch? Um, are you working with other um, third parties to, to bring apps? Or is it a case of just, here's the SDK? Yeah, we're, we're working with a lot of different partners. So over time, um, you know, definitely before the uh, end of the year, you'll see a lot more of our flagship partner apps come out. And then you know, you'll start to see uh, a lot of different third parties once the SDK is released obviously produce apps as well. How challenging was it building this because you know there were you know, there were always stories throughout these processes and there were stories you know if it was challenging a uh, mm -hmm. challenge to, to get you know GPS and waterproofing like how much truth was there to that was it was it a big challenge actually creating this device? Um, you know this is the most challenging product that that we've created to date um, basically because we've had to integrate all these sensors maintain the battery life thousand minute display uh, swim proof, uh, amazing GPS performance. Um, you know, what I like to say is with the commitments that we made to the outside world, I don't think that ever changed. Mm. And internally, we might set aggressive goals, but that's, you know, that's something that's super motivational for the team. Um, and ultimately, you know, we're still able to deliver uh, the product that, um, that we promised on time for the holidays. Just to just jump back to the apps, and, and obviously, you know, the, the Pebble acquisitions, you know, a lot of people looking at this and thinking, like, you know, how's Pebble yeah. part of this? We talked a bit today about um, the, the watch faces. Like, I mean, how much of Pebble's DNA is in um, in, in the device? Um, and, and do you, you know, are you actively trying to keep that community engaged? Because it was a very engaged community that Pebble had there. Yeah. So it's absolutely a lot of Pebble DNA is in the SDK and in the runtime. Uh, one of the things that Pebble was working on uh, before the acquisition was the JavaScript uh, SDK and runtime that you guys saw and the developer studio as well. So all of that just came over and you know that team worked pretty hard to port it over to the microprocessor platform that's running on Ionic. So um, a lot of that team is still with Fitbit and they were absolutely instrumental in getting this third party uh, SDK off the ground. We couldn't have done it without the Pebble team. Will, it, uh, will the Blaze continue and the Surge continue to live alongside um, the Ionic? Uh, the Surge is being replaced uh, entirely by, by the uh, Ionic, but Blaze will continue to live on. And, you know, it's continuing to be a strong seller for us. It's the number one, mm -hmm. uh, although we don't classify as a smartwatch, it's the number one smartwatch uh, on Amazon. And it's the best-selling Android mm. uh, smartwatch mm. as well, even though it's not running Android. All right, that's it. Episode one is done. Head to wearable.com for all the stuff we talked about from Aoife. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we'll be back in two weeks. You wear it well. <laughs> that's too high. <laughs> Just like in between. All right, this is the one. Are you ready? That's all I've got. That's the only two <laughs> way. That's the only Just, range. Okay, I've do got. it the first way. I'm going to walk out of this podcast. <laughs> do it the first way. Ready?